0: Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartlett, and Matt Rice is out today. So uh, we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry, we being me and Chase are guests today. We've both worked in ministry for a long time and have seen just about everything. And as damaged as we are, and we're really going to lean in on that, as damaged as we are, we're ready to dive in and bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every ministry leader has. Welcome, everybody. Chase is back. Chase, why don't you introduce yourself? Because you wear like 16 different hats. So just tell us a little bit about of everything that is The Chase.
1: Sure. Yeah, The Chase. Um, so, hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, my name is Chase Krause. I'm a native of Houston, Texas, a friends of Texas in particular. Um, and I currently live here in Austin, the Austin area, just outside of Austin. And uh, yeah, so do a few different things. Um, I am currently the full-time uh, director of youth and young adult ministry at St. Teresa Catholic Church and School. Um, also, I am the uh, co-founder and uh, fitness director of a Catholic fitness company uh, called Hyperofit. Um, so it's an online Catholic personal training uh, fitness company that's dedicated to uh, the hermitage gift. Um, also, a husband and a father, which is the most important thing that I should have started with. Um, and I have uh, my wife and I have, I have been married for a, a few years now. We have a two-year-old daughter named Carlina Christine and a three-month-old son named Elijah Francis. And we never sleep, and it's
0: great. Um. <laughs> so you guys are still in the two of them are wearing diapers right now. Right? Oh, yeah.
1: Yep. And that's a whole lot of fun.
0: That was always the most labor-intensive time of, uh, of parenting is when we had two in diapers. We've got one that's almost out of diapers at this point, which is oh, nice. going to be a whole new chapter in our life and our marriage. With that, We've never had a youngest child turn three. And that's wow. going to happen later later this year, um, and it it'll open up a whole new world of uh, other. We'll have other reasons to be exhausted as opposed <laughs> that's to right, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just other reasons. So great. Thanks for coming back. We've had you on before. Um, do you still podcast? I just I I, I wonder because I, I listen to a couple of your scripture based podcasts out of the parish there. Do you still do that?
1: Yeah. So we still. It's called uh, podcast. Is called Catholics with Bibles. Um, it's it's a podcast that's officially owned by the parish, but it's basically just my podcast. Yeah, so essentially the podcast every single uh, week we dive into various topics of scripture. Um, but the goal of the podcast, my goal of the podcast, is to take an academically rigorous approach to the word and not just give like an interpretation or like a spiritual interpretation of it. But you basically using Ratzinger's method C approach of the tools of like what's called the historical critical method, and but using those tools in light of faith. Um, and right now we're actually doing a theology of the body uh, segment on it. So yeah, every every week I think we release every Thursday and um, it's called Catholics with Bibles because I am super unoriginal with names.
0: <laughs> Excellent. So for those of you who are looking for a Bible-based podcast that has someone just as attractive as Father Mike Schmidt, um here is here's your alternative. There's a, I'm in a married couples group and there's a couple in my married couples group and uh the husband is clearly threatened by Father Mike Schmidt's uh, attractiveness <laughs> since his wife spends 30 minutes a day with Father Mike Schmidt and uh it, it's it's hilarious it's a running gag in our group but uh, awesome. anyways <laughs> good good and i think uh, theology of the body that that whole piece that you guys are diving into on your podcast is going to pair very well with our podcast today so our topic today is uh the abuse of self so mm-hmm. to set the scene i was in a meeting uh just recently and uh, someone really asked like i don't understand what is with the culture of the abuse of self of ministry leaders like they just abuse themselves they're unhealthy they're spiritually unhealthy. Um, they're not, uh, doing things that are addressing those issues, but rather they're doing things that mask them. And so, um, so I just want to, I want to kind of define that problem. Um, Mm -hmm. when you, when you hear abuse of self, what are some of the things that you think of chase? Yeah. And well,
1: particularly in, in, within ministry leaders, um, there's a psychology behind this question as well as a, as a full spirituality I'll say behind this question as well. So I think the most, one of the most prevalent things that I've seen is basically people confusing their big V vocation with their little V vocation, right? Um, Especially, uh, you know, ministry leaders who are married or right, um, or are consecrated single or whatever. I think there's a confusion because they give everything they have to like what they, what their ministry is, right? Whatever they do um, to the detriment of everything outside of it right um and so they when they leave the ministry when they leave their job or even if they're just volunteering when they leave they have nothing else to give to their family to their friends to like whatever else they're doing in their life um they don't sleep well they you know they don't exercise they're, they're low energy all the time then um and that leads to you know it's just a big you know domino effect of once you let one domino fall and then you keep letting it fall it's just going to continue to build and grow so Um, Yeah, there's just, there's just a neglect of self and it's a false idea of by, by neglecting myself, I'm helping more people, I'm giving more to others. When in actuality, by neglecting yourself, you're limiting what you actually can, can truly give.
0: Yeah, there's a residual guilt that many Mm. ministry leaders struggle with that's constant because you go and you give 110%, and I don't know very minist- many ministry leaders that don't throw their all into it, which actually might be like you just shared part of the problem. It's like, right. actually, you shouldn't throw your all into it because you also have to be a spouse or a parent or, you know, just a, a social being, you know, right. but uh, but 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 for us to throw ourselves into it and then to come home at the end of the day, right, when we leave ministry or leave ministry mode. And to sit at home and feel like we have failed because there's a hundred other things that still need to be done. And it right. can be all the way from the administrative side of like, oh, I still have to enter the sacramental records or I still need to do some of the logistic things, or I should have sent out more emails to the parents so they felt like we were uh, accompanying them better in the midst of this formation journey. All the way over to like there's 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 youth or there's uh, children or there's adults that are, are lost in my community and I can't save them all. Like I literally can't save them all. But the reality is, is that you you can't save a single one, right? right? The work, the work of salvation is the work of God, and uh, and we're privileged partners in that reality. Um, but God can work through us, but God can also work in spite of us, and the reality is, is that God can work without us as well. Totally. And so I think that there's sometimes this guilt to where we always feel like we're not enough, or that we're not doing enough, because there is an urgency to the gospel, and that is actually very. Very admirable for people to embrace, but for people to be defined by the amount of the gospel that hasn't been shared and not proud of the amount of gospel that they have uh, partnered with God in sharing is uh, is a dangerous place to be. That manifests itself in all sorts totally. of different ways.
1: Yeah. So another thing I just you know noticed I, I thought about this when you were talking is you know I think I think a good examination of conscience of like if you fall into this is if you are a holier person at your job than you are at home there's a, there's a problem, right? Not, not saying you should be holier at one place or the other, right? But like, if you, you feel like you're, to a certain extent, we're all, we're always on in ministry, right? Cause we know we're under a microscope and the home should be that place where we can kind of relax a little bit because we're a family. But at the same time, if you're so exhausted from your job that you go home every day and like yell at your kids or like ignore your spouse or re- neglect household duties or whatever, I think, that a, a, could be an a indicator, of, okay, something's off here,
0: right? Something's, something's in balance and we need to take a look at what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I've seen that manifest in a, in a couple of different ways. Um, one way is just kind of the the ministry leader that has unhealthy choices, right? Yeah. And yeah. I, I, think, I think at the end of a big retreat or something like that, a big event, for everyone to go out to the bar and, you know, they only serve fried food there anyways. And I think that that's okay as a sure. – as an exception to the rule, yeah. But for every time to be able to go home and to drink and, and plow through a bag of chips or something like that, I think that that's right. problematic. And I do want to acknowledge um, some people drink to remember, and some people like to celebrate, like, like to showcase, you know, right. like, like at the wedding piece to Cana. Uh, mm. But some people drink to forget, to distance themselves from it. Like, oh, everything was great, but this one little thing went wrong, and so I'm going to drink away that, and and then I'll start on whatever next week's project is. But another piece, and I, I shared, this is going to be kind of vulnerable, but, but I was talking to uh, a, a couple of male ministers, and uh, in a lot of, a, the majority of Catholic men struggle with purity in one way or the other. And I was sharing with them a little bit about uh, kind of, well, what happens when you get home from a retreat and a big event? I said, does anyone else struggle where they get they get home? And that's when kind of temptation or the purity struggle really is the greatest is after big events. Cause you're exhausted and you let your guard down and the devil wants to take you off of the spiritual kind of plateau that you achieved and things like that. And every man in the room that was ministry leader was like, yes, that happens to me. That happens to me. That happens to me. So it's like the first 24 hours after a retreat, there's like this abuse of self from whether it be, you know, purity or we we, we binge watch or we watch a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of uh, play a lot of video games or just eat garbage or whatever it is. Right. There's this thing that happens right after a major spiritual event, almost like we take the ministry piece off. Like you were saying, the holiness mm-hmm. is more when you're on the job or whatever, and just kind of turn back into animals, you know. Right. Um, and I think that that's a huge concern. And I think that it's not something that gets talked about enough in ministry no. leadership one of the first steps I think in that
1: process is the justification that, that happens in your own head, right? It's like, Oh, look at all the great work I just did for Jesus. I can like take this opportunity to do X, Y, or Z, right? Not so much like the purity part, but the eating the junk or the drinking a, a, a disordered amount. Right. Um, and part of this, I mean, I think there's a lot of things. It's it's what habits you bring before the retreat and what habits you actually, but virtues you have and And temperance, right? I mean, that's what we're essentially we're talking about. The virtue of temperance, right, Um, is your ability to control yourself, right? Um, And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I've seen this, and I think, I you know, I think hard enough, I've probably done it before too. Where like after some big event, I'm exhausted, and um, but I think it's a balance too, especially for those of us who are married. You know, if if we know just by knowing ourselves that after a big ministry event, we're gonna be tired, right? I think that's an awesome opportunity actually to, to communicate with your spouse. Like, Hey, you know, Hey babe, I have a retreat this weekend. We got for three days. Um, you know, when I get home, uh, just, you know, is it okay? Like if I just take a couple hours to like nap or to rest or whatever, and then, you know, I'll be, I'll be back with you. Maybe your spouse comes back and she's like, no, just take, you know, just relax, blah, 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 blah. But just it's having that open communication with your spouse of saying like, I know myself, I know, I'm going to be really tired. And your spouse is not dumb either. They're going to be like, yeah, I know you're going to be a jerk probably. No, um, but (laughs) you know, um, and so, but having those, those, that almost accountability to one extent, but also that communication because the devil doesn't want you to talk about your struggles and your sinfulness, right. And your weakness. He wants to keep that quiet
0: in the darkness. Right.
1: And just by, just literally by bringing it up. And even if you're not married, if, if you live with a roommate or have a buddy or whatever, just saying that out loud, being like, Hey man, like, I'm going to be gone. And I always, you know, I'm tempted to fall into these things after retreat. Or I'm tempted to give up virtue for the sake of um, selfish desires or just like whatever brief uh, pleasures. Can you, can you keep me in check? You know? Yeah. It's, it's, you need to yeah. rest. Recovery is huge. Like you need to rest, but at the same time, there needs to be a, a moderation there. Right. Um, and I think too, right. and this is maybe just myself personally, after doing so many retreats, yeah, you're tired after retreat. But I think there's a slight over-exaggeration on how tired sometimes people are um, on retreat. Like, don't get me wrong. If you were up literally all night, both nights, okay, you're going to be pretty tired. But like, if it's a retreat that goes as planned and you've slept, like when you're supposed to, it's like, are you going to be tired? Yeah. But like, calm down,
0: you know? Um, like, you know. <laughs> I, I agree. But that comes from someone who is weathered in ministry, right? And sure. so I think that it took me a couple of years to where I was like, this is this is not healthy. I cannot do all things on the retreat. And then you start yes. saying, okay, yes. we need night chaperones and we need right. this. And you start bringing other people into the mix instead of it all relying on you as the director of whatever yes. your role is. If that
1: is you, you are going to be exhausted.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, you, you exactly. You so so we yeah. have to bring a team around. Now that that's kind of an event-based kind of abuse of self, but I believe that there's kind of a, a regular type of thing. And we we already mentioned some of the residual kind of guilt that, that kind mm. of exists of being like i need to save everyone right and a everyone isn't just those right it's it's everyone within our parish boundaries and there's so much work to be done in regards to building the kingdom and we need more co-workers in the vineyard that's that's clear um but there are a lot of ministry leaders and you and i have both been in these situations where we're we're physically unhealthy or we're mentally right. unhealthy or yeah. we're spiritually unhealthy right. and uh and all these pieces kind of reflect like like that person said at the meeting an abuse of self of ministry leadership totally i think we need to first acknowledge these realities and sure. and say that like not only are these things a reality but these things are at a higher level because of our position we as ministry leaders are in a privileged position which means that the devil wants to disrupt even greater in our own lives than our reality and so there's a yeah. spiritual warfare Element there's a spiritual aspect here that uh, that that we have to almost fortify ourselves with in a in a bigger way.
1: Yeah, and I think it, it you know we have to remind ourselves. A client said, "You know, grace builds on nature, right?" So when it comes to being somebody in ministry, the logic doesn't follow, and you will not be sustainable if your prayer life is good and your intellectual studies okay, but your physical care is crap. Right? It's not good. You know, it, grace builds on nature, right? So if if we can't have, you know, temperance in the natural sphere, right? How are we going to have temperance in the emotional, the psychological, spiritual sphere, right? Because once again, grace always builds on nature. And so, yes. if if and this is you know going to you know you know Pope Saint John Paul II's theology of the body and man when we created them, and, and you know and other and other views as well. It's, it's our goal as Catholics, as ministry leaders in particular, but all Catholics, everyone. Our goal is to give of ourselves. You find yourself in and through a sincere gift of self. Got him at the best, right? That's a dogmatic truth of the church, right? Because it came from the Second Vatican Council. That man only finds himself in and through a sincere gift of self. That is a non-debatable fact for Catholics, right? If we believe that the church is infallible in matters of faith and moral. So if yes. that's our premise. That man finds himself in and through a sincere gift of self. Pope St. John Paul II, his logical conclusion, though, is but you can't give what you don't have. And so if your goal is to give of yourself fully, how are you going to do that if you don't have mastery of yourself? Because you can't give what you don't have, right? And that has to start with the, with the, what's most practical to us, right, namely our bodies, the physical realm. There's a reason for you know Dante, lust is the least deadly of the deadly sins because it's the most physical, it's the most obvious, right? It's the easiest to tackle in the sense of the seven deadly sins, right? And also he has this weird analogy about it being closest to love, which we're not going we to get into. But anyway, it's anything corporeal and physical is the most obvious, and if we don't start there and then build upon those natural virtues, then our our foundation is weak and cracked, and eventually it's going to crumble.
0: The solution is a Catholic worldview. And almost like how Jesus says the kingdom of God is at hand, it really is first within our grasp, mm-hmm. right? And so it's not a matter of us just trying to to pray, pray, pray that we get healthy. Right. You're actually saying, like, you can actually do something about your physical health. Yeah. You can also do something about your spiritual health. You can make time. And right. mental health, I think, is another one that uh, that needs maybe... Some more guidance or, or something like that, but you can take yeah. steps towards that. So let's do what we can and allow God to do the rest. Right. But I don't want people to walk away from uh, this podcast episode thinking, "Oh, everyone is a miserable ministry leader because they're <laughs> not completely whole." Right. Um, because I think I think that there's actually something about growing those those muscles by exercising the virtue. You know, yeah. um, we we've been told for the last you know eighteen months to practice social distancing. And uh, and when someone's like you're standing a little close to me, it's always a friend that's just jabbing me. And I say, Well, I'm still practicing, I'm still figuring out what six feet of distance is. But I think we need to practice virtue in the same way to where it's like, whoops, like I'm gonna keep practicing and keep working on that one. But a lot of times what happens is whoops, I slipped up or whoops, I didn't succeed here. And so I'm gonna abandon that virtue and find right. another one that's easier, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I, I think that, that that struggle, that kind of striving. It's part of it. So I want to acknowledge and I want to speak to the ministry leaders out there that are listening and being like, oh, I'm an unhealthy ministry leader, or I'm not uh, I'm not whole in this way, or I'm not whole in this way, or I, I experience abuse of self in this way, and so I'm garbage. You're not garbage. No, you're right. actually very much in need of redemption of the Lord, and He wants you to participate in that working. And totally. you can do that in a number of ways. And some of those ways start with our physical body, because that's the easiest and the first and the foremost, that daily we can, we can start to have mastery of self so that we can have a fuller gift of self, which is yeah. part of not only theology of the body, but part of a Catholic worldview.
1: Totally. And I think too, I think, I think part of the reason why it's so hard for people to, to start, uh, it means a lot of things, but a part of it's just knowledge of like, there's so much just junk out there on this, on social media, on the interwebs, right. Of like, what's the best nutrition plan? What's the best diet? What's the best workout routine, blah, 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 blah. Um, and so I think, I think intellectual formation and knowledge is, is a good place to start. Um, but also I think there's legitimate fear that people have because if they're always on social media and you're always seeing these like shirtless bros, like doing stupid exercises that don't even make sense um and, and and if you're comparing yourself to that and you think that's what it means to be healthy i, I mean let me just say this a six-pack does not make you healthy like it does not it just means you don't eat a lot and you have some good genetics like that's it that's all a six-pack means right um so i think it's, it's also like having a catholic view and catholic understanding of what is like what does it mean to be healthy like what does that actually mean like from a catholic perspective but also just from a a biological perspective right and you see this in our culture this this distortion of this in our culture even from the opposite end of the spectrum of uh you know uh, uh, this idea this false idea of like not uh, body acceptance in the sense of like we should accept our bodies but this idea of that it's okay to be morbidly obese like right like you see this in celebrity culture a lot right it's like it's like oh you're fat shaming me like by saying that i'm unhealthy blah 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 And we're like, and when I say as a, somebody who's literally somebody who's certified and professionally trained in order to help people reach those healthy goals is you can say a fact about someone without demeaning their value and their worth. Right. So for example, my right knee, I tweaked it on Sunday. Right. And so today was leg day for me and I couldn't lift to what I usually can because my knee hurt. And so I took, took it easy. I can say about myself, hey, my right knee is a little weak right now. I couldn't lift that heavy without saying I'm a worthless piece of junk. How dare you go to the gym and not lift as heavy as you possibly can. And the same when I work with clients who are maybe overweight, I can say medically speaking, you need to lose weight. Your, your body fat percentage is medically speaking at an unhealthy range. And therefore your, your risk of chronic disease later on is higher than it need, it should be. So let's, Let's bring that down. I can say that without saying to them, hey, you're, you're less of a value of a, as a person, right? No, like it's because I value as a person that I want to help you get to that healthy range, right? So I think people take their faults as like this personal attack, right? And that's not what it is.
0: Well, the, the danger, I think, is that sometimes as ministry leaders, we are the ones who are giving that talk to ourselves. Mm. Right, So that's another type of of self. So Chase, I could see you saying, okay, all the people in my youth ministry program know that I am very much into fitness and now I can't do my full leg day routine. You know what? I'm just going to go for it. I don't care because I'm mm. supposed to be this example and if I can't do it because I'm injured – then, then I'm not good enough to say I stand for uh, fitness and I stand for Jesus. I'm misrepresenting both. But the reality is, is we have to be okay in some of our weaknesses and some of our faults and our failings. And that's not to say that we're not working on it. Did you skip leg day today? No. No. Did you adjust it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And so that I think that's the beauty of it. Like that's a great example, a great model of it. Of like sometimes we just throw the baby out with the bathwater, and I'm right. like, I don't think that I'm going to be able to turn around and go run a marathon tomorrow. I can't. That's just the reality right. of where I'm at. But I am going to wake up in the morning, and I'm going to run with the running stroller with my two kids in. They're <laughs> heavy, you know, a four-year-old <laughs> and a two-year-old. And I'm going to go do my daily run, you know, and I'm going to stay physically fit to what I can do. But over Easter, I wasn't able to do that because we were so busy with the Triduum Women family stuff sure. that I had to adjust what my workout routine looked like so that I could continue to be a husband and a father. And that didn't mean that I yeah. was abandoning part of my wholeness. It was that I was adjusting it to meet kind of the reality of the situation. And your right. situation right now is an injured knee, you know? And so right. I don't want people to be shamed and I don't want them to shame themselves. But right. at the same time, you can do something. You can adjust something in yeah. your life to bring well, about a wholer picture. Yeah. And it
1: what's it was interesting, there's actually a study released recently, um, showing, uh, body fat recomposition based on percentage of consistency in both the diet and exercise, right? And what this study actually showed uh, was that if somebody could maintain a 50% consistency with diet and exercise over the course of one year, there would still be weight loss and progress made. 50%. That's like skipping half of your workouts and eating not great half the time, right? And and obviously the study did show that every 10 percentage points, the amount of change that they could accomplish in a year was obviously more right it was obviously greater those that were 90 to 100% uh, consistent with their diet and exercise they saw some really great results but that that wasn't the point of the study the point of the study was to show that the 50th percentile people still saw results they still made progress they still grew so for i think a lot of people when they start you know trying to eat healthier trying to have some kind of fitness routine Uh, or starting in any habit, insert virtue here. Um, You're going to have days where you you goof, where you mess up, you fall short. Or for example, if you have kids, you know that there's been days when my baby just did not sleep at all, like the night. And my alarm goes off at five. I need to go to the gym, but I literally didn't sleep. So at that point I need to make a choice. Say, okay, do I sacrifice this one day at the gym and adjust later on in the week, maybe mix up some stuff. Or do I go to the gym and just feel like garbage the rest of the day and not be able to serve my family and do my job well? Well, I've done both, right? Except I hopefully didn't feel like garbage and not, did not serve well. But there's been days when, especially during the newborn, my alarm went off at 5 a.m. and I said, Well, I didn't sleep at all last night. So I'm going to intentionally choose to continue to sleep now that my baby's sleeping. And if I can get that workout in later, great. If not, I don't really care that much because I, I need to rest up so I can serve my, my family better. Now there's been days when, Maybe he woke up once, maybe twice, 5 a.m. And I'm like, all right, cool. I feel okay. Let me, let me go about my day. Jesus made coffee for a reason, um, right? And so it's that, it's that, it's that self-examination. You have to know yourself, right? Yeah, and you, but I think too, like 50% is better than 0%, right? So if you do like a yeah. week of like yeah. really, really good, and then you all of a sudden you goof for a couple of days, it's not the end of the world. 50% is better than zero.
0: And so let, let's get into some practicals. If you are right now feeling like you've spiraled out in regards to some of that abusive self that occurs, I think not just in ministry leadership, but specifically in ministry leadership, you know, um, I would say one thing to start is to start somewhere and yeah. honestly start anywhere. As I'm sitting here, I'm thinking there's two places that I would oftentimes start when I started feeling overwhelmed as a ministry leader. One, I would get into the office And I wouldn't do anything until I cleaned my office for 30 minutes, just 30 minutes. And then all of a sudden, the atmosphere around me said togetherness, said order. And the rest of my life would start to fall into order just a little bit. The second place that I would do that is in my car. And I would clean out my car. (laughs) And as a youth minister, you find some things you're like, oh, I guess – he really did turn in his retreat form on time. It's just been, it's just been in the back seat on the floor, you know, because uh, he handed it to me as I was walking out of mass one day or whatever it is, you know. And so th- those two pieces are a step. And so I want to challenge you, do something, do something. And so yeah. maybe it's more with the mental health aspect, right? Mm. And so what is one thing you can do? I think it's to reach out to maybe an old uh, an old uh, accountability partner, yeah. maybe someone you see as a mentor or a friend or even a spiritual director. Or if you're in counseling or haven't had a counseling appointment in a while, to just do a checkup. Like it's healthy for us to go and check in with our counselor, even if we've completed our routine about two to three times a year, just to kind of for wellness and goodness to kind of pop back in and make sure that the toolboxes, uh, the tools in your toolbox still remain fresh and polished so that you can continue to use them for your mental health. But yeah. uh what are some of your thoughts in regards to practicals?
1: No, yes, I totally agree. Something is always better than nothing, right? Something is better than nothing. You know uh, that doesn't I mean we, we can justify inaccurate lack of growth, but um, I think that's just a, that's a, that's a good motto I tell a lot of my clients. Like, hey, something's better than nothing. Like, I'll get a text sometimes from clients being like, hey, Chase, like I can only work out for you know half the time that you gave me today, blah blah blah. And I literally text them back, I'm like, way to go, you showed up. Something's better than nothing, right? Uh, so a few practicals, you know, uh, yeah, totally. Don't forget about the mental health part of this too, because um, that's super important. Uh, you know, from a spiritual perspective. Um, if you're in ministry and you have not read Soul of the Apostolate, that is about as practical as I can give. Read Soul of the Apostolate. If you have not read Soul of the Apostolate and you're in ministry, stop whatever you're doing, spiritual reading right now, and read Soul of the Apostolate. One of the beautiful analogies that he gives is that we should be aquifers of grace, or, or sorry, reservoirs of grace. Aquifer, whatever, I think Anyway, basically saying that we should be filled to the brim, and other people only get our excess, right? They get what overflows from the full. Reservoir, right? We are not channels of grace. Channels can empty out; they can dry out, right? Um, so, anyway, from a spiritual perspective, a formation perspective, that way, I think, go to Amazon right now, buy Soul the Apostolate. It's a great book, and you
0: should read it. And be okay reading three to five pages a day and just reflecting on that. Like it's yeah. okay if it takes you six months to get through it because it is actually dense in material and every page has something that you can be like, I need to apply this. I need to let it absorb into me. Don't mm-hmm. read Soul of the Apostle in a weekend. You no. could do it, but I don't yeah. think you would find any any value in it.
1: No, yeah. It's, it's too dense. Uh, I, it took me like, yeah, probably six months to read it the first time just because like you literally read the page and you were like,
0: uh, Okay. Um,
1: <laughs> um, and so from a non spiritual uh, some practicals and the physical nutrition end of things um, is from a nutrition wise. And one of the things I always have my clients start off doing, is just do a food log for a week, literally before you consume anything, like literally before anything goes in your mouth, besides water, take a picture of it and like put it in your notes. And then at the end of your week, you don't need to be a nutrition cook and be like, Ooh, yeah, probably shouldn't have eaten X, Y, or Z. Every single day, like you, you can see those patterns, right? You can see those patterns develop. Look for patterns, right? Maybe you see you, you've eaten the same kind of not great thing every single day or more than you should, probably. You can see that, right? And it, it can be as, uh, as easy as just noticing, right? The first step towards uh, holiness is self knowledge, as St. Teresa Jesus says, or St. Teresa Avila, one of the Teresa's. Anyway, but maybe it's, it's also that you, you realize, man, I'm not eating enough. Like I'm only getting in like one meal a day and then I'm eating like an apple and like, that's it. So, I mean, if you feel low energy all the time and you're only eating one meal a day, that's why you feel low energy all the time. Cause you're only eating one meal a day. Right. Um, so a nutrition standpoint, just, just recognize patterns, look for patterns, right. Um, you don't even, you don't need a nutrition coach for that. Um, uh, you can do it yourself. Uh, but maybe too, like you don't know the patterns you think you're doing everything right. And you just don't know. Okay. Then maybe connect with a nutrition coach from an exercise perspective. Um, especially if, if you don't, if you don't know anything about exercise, if you've never done it before. Go for a 30-minute walk every day. Like start there. You don't need to be doing kettlebell swings and going to CrossFit and doing all this crazy stuff. In fact, I tell most people don't do CrossFit because it can jack up your shoulders. But anyway, um, like just everybody knows how to walk. Like, like most people know how to walk. So go walk for 30 minutes, like three to five times a week, right? Um remember, something is better than nothing. Um and then all this fails, like reach out to a professional, right? Um, Like seek help. Like you would seek help mentally with counseling. You seek help spiritually with hopefully spiritual direction or your confessor. There's, there's help out there for physical stuff as well and nutrition stuff as well. So um, it, and um it's, you shouldn't be ashamed to seek out for help. In fact, it's, it should be a, a moment where we rejoice and like, thank God for people who know more than we do. Right. It's why I go to a spiritual director every single month. Cause I'm assuming he knows more about <laughs> spirituality than I do. And he can look at me objectively and kind of help me out. Right. So, um, Amen. yeah, start small and then and go from there, you know?
0: Excellent. Two things on that. One is uh, when you go on that walk, don't be afraid to double down, double dip or whatever, like take a rosary with you and pray a rosary while you go on the walk totally. or listen to a, uh, you know, a a prayer app or something along those lines. Like, don't be afraid of that. And then um, the the second piece is there's something profound when we get other people involved in our journey, right? And this is something that we know as ministry leaders, right? So why not invite other people into our journey? So if you join a gym... There's something profound if there's like a group that meets at a regular time and then they're going to be like, hey, Chris, we totally missed you last Tuesday. You know, come on, join us. Or even getting a text message at 5.15 in the morning being like, dude, you're already 10 minutes late. Where are you at? Or whatever it is. There's something powerful about that. But the flip side of it is, is there is actually more faithfulness that occurs in regards to people being consistent to some of their gyms or even CrossFit groups or some of their different uh, workout classes. Like you see that at Orange Theory, right? You see that at, at sure. the different things to where like we as a church can learn from the hospitality that exists in gym memberships because totally. those are the new faithful people, you know? And so there's even aspects of ministry leadership that grows when we immerse ourselves in other healthy activities. And so don't yeah. be afraid to to dive in there. So Excellent. Okay. As we wrap up, where can people find you if they want to send you a question and tell you, hope your knee gets better or say, <laughs> no, you don't look as good as uh, Father Mike Schmidt? Where can they reach you?
1: Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I'm on social, uh, Facebook, and Instagram, uh, just Chase Krause. You can find me there. Um, also, you can check out our website at hyprofit.org. It's spelled H Y P U R O dot org. Um, so it's like, hi, and then pro. Like like a cat per um, so hyprofit.org, dot org um, and then from there you can see all the different uh, you know ways we we help people we have one on one online personal training we actually have small group training as well um so if you want to actually be coached by uh, uh, by myself at, from a nutrition and exercise perspective as a small group you can actually sign up with a small group and the the, the cost gets divided up between everybody in the small group so it actually becomes really affordable and we have like monthly That's small awesome. group yeah we have actually monthly small group meetings where the coach meets with the small group and like gives various presentations on nutrition or exercise. And we actually do a check-in where we ask everybody, all right, how did everybody do this month? Like with nutrition and everything like that. Um, So we have the one-on-one, we have the the small group training. We also have liturgical fitness challenges. So we have one for Advent, one for Lent. And then the next one's going to be for Pentecost. We're going to start on Pentecost Sunday. It's going to be an eight week challenge where essentially um, you, it's a, you jump in and you're given exercises and nutrition plan for the eight week period. Um, your journey with other people who are doing the challenge and it's kind of a way to kickstart everything. So uh, yeah, hyperfit.org, social media or chase at hyperfit, um, dot org is my email. So you can always email me if you have any questions or I can help in any way. Awesome.
0: Well, thanks so much for being here with us today, you guys, and uh, you can continue the conversation online. Join our Facebook group. It's a closed discussion group. Just search Ministry Leaders Anonymous and send any feedback you have to MLA at Ablaze.us and share this podcast with someone in a loving way. Don't be like, you really need to hear about this because, you know, (laughs) you you have abusive self or whatever, Um, but to, to invite people into this journey to wholeness that we as ministry leaders should espouse. And so here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, go alone. And if you want to go far, we go together. Thank you, Chase, for journeying with us as we go together here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous. And uh, we will see you all next week. God bless you.